absolutely. Yeah, we're going one of the biggest fishing comps in Australia. We'll check that out very shortly with the Flathead Classic. We chat to a guy who's bringing out some fishing apparel and also Baz, a listener from New Zealand with Story of the Week. Straight up, Herbie, it's all about the Flathead Classic. Oh, yes, I can't wait. Probably the biggest fishing comp in Australia for Flathead, and it is the greatest, where they catch up to five to 6,000 fish. And we've we've got someone on the line right now, Danny Sands, and he's been a gun at it. He's been it for a long time. Danny, how are you, mate? I'm well, thank you, Herb and Fido. Can I ask, okay, Danny, how long have you been involved in the Flathead Classic for? Yeah. I missed the first few years, so it's about 20... Seven years now, so originally started by a legend on the Gold Coast named David Green. That was run out of Treasure Island Caravan Park back in the day. Small group of members, and it just grew and grew and become a real family event. You get the pros as well, and both we're more heading towards the family side of things at the moment. And it is huge, isn't it? Like with with pretty much over three hundred teams, you can have two or three man teams, juniors. Uh, female, senior anglers. Like, this is a massive comp. And for catch and release, like, how good is it that you can go out? And, and what's, what, how many fish are we catching out there, Danny? Like, what have you seen through the 27 years of, of uh, good captures over a year, like five, 6,000 and, and poor ones? Has it been pretty constant? Um, you have your bad years. You, you know, everyone's evolving. Everyone's getting better at it. And everyone's got new techniques and, and all that. But we average about between 5,000 to 6,000 fish to get caught. Wow. But the average size in that fish is, is around that 43-centimetre mark. Yep. So it's um, just legal fish on the coast here, isn't it? Like, you could keep that for feed if you wanted. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have, we still have that slot limit between 40 and 75, and um, you're allowed to keep five. So um, anything over 75, you've got to release. Yeah. Um, anything under 40, you've got to release. So it's a good, it's a good fishery. Yeah, Mate, yeah. And to be and, and to be honest, like Gold Coast Broadwater, the flatter get used to all the boats, and it's an, still an unbelievable fishery for the amount of pressure it gets. Yeah, it just produces every year. So yeah, unreal. Um, and there's two different ways to fish it. Can you explain? And what do you do? What's your favourite way to attack a flathead, Denny? Are you a placo man? Are you a tower? Are you a chucker? <laughs> there's so many different ways, but there is two ways. It's either plastic or hard body. Now, whether you tow, cast shallows with long what's your preferred method? How do you go about it? Uh, what's your favourite way to do it? You know what? Over the years, it's evolved. So firstly, it started off like everyone trolled. Then, then David Green sort of got into the plastic side of things and was killing everyone. He won like three in a row or four in a row or something like that. So, and we evolved from that. Good thing about flathead, you can you control for them, you can cast for them, you can chuck big hard body lures and soft plastic. So, like the sluggos and the new soft guides have been working really well lately. So, um, it just depends the time of the year. At the moment, all the fish are in the shallows. So. From zero feet to five feet, so then and then it evolves. It, you know, the start, fish start moving. It's all about the season as well. So um, early in the season, June, July, August, shallows, and the fish start to move out of the estuaries and go to the like the seaway and the dumpy fins to spawn. And and you start and that technique them. is virtually plastic, yeah. So. Yeah, deep dropping them and that. And I think that's fantastic, you know. For there's so many, like a lot of very good fishermen come up to fish this comp. Oh, they come. I've I've been there. You know, I've never fished it 
heart out. I've uh, been up on stage a couple of times, and yeah, absolutely. No matter where you are around Australia, somebody is heading from your state to come to do the Flat Air Classic. What we've been team fans for twenty odd years, and I had my uncle from Tasmania come up every year and visit. So wow. we get people from Western Australia, we get international people like they come for a holiday, and virtually that's what they do. That that's their holiday is the Flat Air Classic. So why do you think? Yeah, it- it- why is it so good? Why, you know, over the years it's built into this premium product fishing competition. What do you love about it? It's the catch up with everyone. So yep. all the yeah, diverse people and eclectic people. It's unbelievable. You you get your you diverse, you get your families and you get your your pros and um we all get together and reality is you don't have to be the best person to win the prizes, so our major draw is win a boat and all you have to do is enter and you could be the lucky person to be yeah. called out. So I wouldn't be so uh, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, 27 years, I still haven't had my name called out. And there's quite a few people that uh, Ben and Brad job, they've fished it every year and still they haven't had their names called out. But <laughs> on, you on, like, um, you know, Barry Lawson, he's got his name called out twice and, didn't he mm. win the boat once? And he won the boat the second time around. So. Did he? <laughs> See, I hate people like that. That's my uncle, eh? <laughs> I hate him already. He's pretty arsy, I tell you what. <laughs> he's not a bad fisherman too. He can catch him. He's a tower. Like, I love towing. But rules in this are three days, Danny. You get fed every night. It is, like you say, it is a party. Oh, it's a, a fishing party. Absolutely. Um, but what are the rules? So you're only allowed one rod each. Is that right? Uh, one rod each and you fish between... 6.30 and 4 o'clock on um, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday is 6 to, uh, 6.30 to 1.30. So then we get, get together and we have the presentation on the Friday night. We used to have it on on the Saturdays. Used to, the fishing comp used to be run on a uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but it just got too busy with 300 boats on the water and yeah. I saw yeah. the other all the other crew and jet skis and all that just come and look, it's too dangerous. So we decided to um, have it a midweek comp, so, and it worked out really well. Danny, do you go and um, have you ever gone and fished other competitions to see how they're ran and what they do? Unfortunately, no, because yeah. I spend so much time towards the Flathead Classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love to do the Barra, Barra Nationals and oh. Classics one day. And, yeah, so I, I love that uh, test match yeah. thing. So I have a three days, five days, I, I really like that. If you do make a mistake one day, you can sort of catch up on the next day. Mm. A bit like the Flathead Classic as well. So. Yeah, that's yeah. the same. Um, the point system in the Classic is a sliding scale, so your undersized fish to 40 centimetres is five points, and then it's a sliding scale from 40 upwards, so 40 is a 40-pointer, and 80 centimetres is like 200 points. So it's a sliding system, but the, the money fish is between that 45 to 60 centimetre fish. You can yep. turn those over. Man, and reality is, if you, everyone in the team can catch one fish per hour, the comps run for 27 and a half hours. So if everyone can catch a, a fish every hour, you'd be in, you'd be in the top five. There you right go. Right. Sounds easier than done. It's not that easy. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds easy, but it, it's not. So. I've done it about four times, and it's not that easy. Like the best I placed was 29th, I think, as the team. 
Uh, yeah. I, I think 110th is the angler. Mind you, when I left the uh, the dinner the last night, I think I rode into a gutter, had a stack, woke up there the next morning. So it was a very big <laughs> event. Uh, you know, so, and I had to ride my bike there, which was probably more dangerous than walking. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, look, I got through it. I, like I said, I was with my Uncle Baz when we got 29th as a team. Uh, we fished pretty hard. We did all right. What's the best you've placed in it, Danny? What have you come? Have yeah. you ever won it? Uh, uh, I've got to ask a question. How many beers in that 27 and a half hours, hurt? No, he had one an hour. <laughs> I think we did work it out at the end of the comp. If I had measured every tinny that I drank in the three days, and we had a sober driver, we're responsible people, uh, but if I had measured every tinny in that time, I would have won the comp by about 3,000 points. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they need. So, they need the fishing comp and the tinny comp. Oh, man. Uh, I think they, yeah, it's a bit crazy when you... But I was having a good time. You get excited, yeah. though, don't yeah. you, Herbert? I get and, drunk with anticipation. And plus you can get recycled now, so you can get 10 cents. So you, you get your money back after... I <laughs> know. Oh, as well. So how, how good is that? How dangerous is that? You know, like we're going to tell everybody you can get ten cents for every can you drink. Well, mine doubled. My intake doubled, like you wouldn't believe. Hey, Danny, what's the best? Uh, what's the biggest or the best flathead you've caught? Uh the biggest one is uh, uh, ninety-five. Oh, that's Ooh. a big one. That's a big one. That's a shovel. Yeah, yeah. got a quite a few in the nineties, but yeah, it's a different fish after eighty and eighty centimeters onwards is a they just get bigger, wider, yeah. higher, fatter. Yeah. And Especially around that spawning time, yeah. Yeah, and they're awesome to see, aren't they, a big fish like that. Like, they pull hard. Like, I've caught – I got an 80 the other day on, on eight-pound line trawling in two feet of water. Now, that to me is very exciting. Oh, absolutely. I had uh, definitely yeah. cracked a well tinny after that. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we ask you, Danny, yeah, and we do uh, suggest it, when is the, uh, the Flathead Classic normally? Held in the school holidays in September. Okay. And school holidays in Queensland and school holidays in New South Wales. So usually it's at the, at the end of September and beginning of October. Thing normally, uh, like we, we are responsible. We know that. We try and do the best we can when we're yes. out there on the water. But, yes, you know, every now and then we have grown up. We have done a couple of silly things. Has anything ever, you know, gone a bit left of field when you've been out there on the water? Oh, oh left of field? Oh, yeah. You get the... You get the groups like uh, the Mad Hueys and doing rooster tails, and but there's been some there's been some crazy stories like hooks and bums and tenacala <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So it it does get pretty crazy on the water, and when you get three uh, three guys casting with uh, big hard body lures, hopefully no one gets uh, stung by like a treble. So. <laughs> Yeah, even the flathead, like uh, I was with my Uncle Baz in one year and we got one in the boat and it swiped its head sideways and it's got him with that side spike and it's got him in the top of the foot right on the vein. Now he bled like a stuck pig and we're sitting there going, what do we do here? So I thought, I'll rip a bit of my shirt off, we'll wrap his foot up, he'll he'll be all right. Yeah. It got to the point where we're going, there's a lot of blood on the floor and we're letting fish go, so it's not the fishes. So we looked at each other and said, shit, we're going to have to take him to the hospital, you know? Oh, what? Or something like that. We're in the middle of the comp. I think it was day two. It was probably about 12 o'clock in the day. Well, Baz looked at us two and said, all right, if I go get this stitched up, you can come back out fishing. 
There's no way we were driving. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 were yeah. wait, we were waiting for him to get stitched. But we ended up wrapping it up good enough. We, we found some electrical tape. We wrapped his foot up. We stopped the bleeding. But a flag yeah. like that, it's unexpected, isn't it? Like a hook in the in the back or in the head or wherever. You get a fish spike like from one of them and they open you up, don't they? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know what? Like you do bleed. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't feel I don't feel sorry for Bass because he's won the boat, so he could bleed yeah. out as much as he likes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, too yeah. funny. But mate, I, I got a uh, treble in the hand the other day, actually. So, um, lucky I had a mate on board. I had a, like a sixty centimeter uh, flathead hanging off one end of the treble, and the other treble's in oh. my hand. So. Oh. So I had to do, I'd quickly do the bear bear hug with the flathead, so he wouldn't. Flip around, so oh, accidents yuck. do happen, um, unfortunately. So, like your dickheads and all that are, are really good. So, but yeah. trebles and yeah, you can uh, can come unstuck with those guys. So, yeah, even definitely. the best. So, yeah. Well, thanks very much for uh, being a part of the the anglers. We look forward to uh, you know getting an update after the comp's been and seeing how it uh, continues on each and every year. Just keeps getting bigger and better, and we who live on the Gold Coast continue to see it. You see the setup, oh. and it looks absolutely remarkable down there on the Broadwater. It is crazy, and it's great to fish alongside people such as Danny Sands, who we're talking to today. Uh, it's a fantastic comp. I'd love to go in it this year, but I've got the art down of trawling six pigs at once, so I don't think they're going to let me in the comp this year. <laughs> Uh, no, you know what you could do, Herb? You could do, Herb. Yeah, this is, and this is true. So in Melbourne, when they're trying to, there's an express lane in Melbourne. Yeah. So when you're driving on the freeway, if you've got, if you carpool, you're lucky enough to, you know, go on the express lane. Yeah. So a lady got caught a couple of weeks ago and she had three other people in the car, but they weren't people. <laughs> They were blub dolls, were yeah, they? Well, oh, so, dear. No. I'm going to look like a real mobbing trawling around with six rods and five blow-up dolls in my boat, all right? I mean, they're going to look really stupid or really horny. Who would know? I tell you what, tell you what though, there'll be a lot of guys wanting to jump on board later on the other. I don't know that you'd want to jump on board if I had a boat full of blow-up dolls. <laughs> Especially after day three. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the flatheads start looking sexy then, Danny, don't they? <laughs> oh, well, thanks for your chat, mate. It's great to talk to you, and I'll probably see you at the comp this year, mate. No worries, Herb. Thanks, Spider. Thanks, Herb. Take it easy. Over. Over. We love people getting involved in any part of fishing. If it's out there on the water, if it's uh, you know inland lakes, if it's fishing clothing, if it's apparel, if it's uh, merch, whatever it is, mm. we love people out there getting involved. And this guy's done exactly that. We've received a T-shirt. Now, Sean, you're involved. You brought out, a, uh, I suppose, a string of clothing. Um, it's called Mad Mullet, but uh, what's the other word? Gastronom. Gastronom, yeah. What's, what, what does that mean? What's the Mad Mullet and what's the gastronom? So the gastronom, so I'm a chef by trade. I've uh, been cooking now for about 24 years. So gastronom is scientific for hospitality. I've got a dirty uh, dreadlock mullet almost down to the top of my bum. So uh, cooking with mullet in the kitchen and having a mullet myself, um, I thought <laughs> I'd bring out, yeah. Makes sense, so mad I'll, mullet. Have you always grown up fishing and been a part of it or you just love cooking it? We used to uh, go fishing off the Haitian jetty when I was a kid. I don't really go out fishing as such, but yeah, cooking fish in the kitchen and yeah, things like that at home and yeah, for the family and the missus, yeah. I get, I get excited about this. We've got a real life chef on. Now, you've been asking me recipes for a long time, Spider. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear 
your best fish dish? I think it comes down to like to your mood, like, like whatever you are you wanting. I'm a, I, I like you know like ceviche fish, like raw fish that's been cooked in yeah aesthetic like vinegar or wines or things like that or, or lemon juice. But yeah, mate, I like everything. Like I I can't pinpoint a type of seafood um, that I like the best or or that I like to cook. I like everything. Like I'm a chef, so there's yeah I just I just can't nail that. How would you cook up a mullet? I'd probably fillet it. Yep. Yep. And then just crispy skin, just like. Just nice and slow on the skin, and then just chuck a few herbs on top, and yeah, chuck a bit of butter in at the end, maybe a few spices in the pan there. Yeah, skin side down, and you'll see it come up the flesh till it's almost ready. Yeah, and then um, just 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 give it a quick flip over, and ten seconds done. You can't beat a nice so, bit of sea mullet either. I love it. I reckon it's oh beautiful. mate, any 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 fresh seafood like like if it's cooked properly, like anything is going to be good, unless you've got uh, you know, your own. A wall up about offal or things like that, but mate, fish, well, any type of seafood, fresh water and and salt water, like they're delicious. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Absolutely. Now you've you must have filleted a lot of fish there. I mean, have you ever had an echo with a knife? I've had a couple. Yeah. Have you? <laughs> I, What's your worst? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate. Uh, I was I was working in a in a small pub in the uh, local town, and um, the owner of the pub. Back in the day, he used to come in with uh, like wheelbarrows of snapper. He used to go out and like catch as many as he can, you know. And he used to, you know, bring me at the back, get all the. I was only young. I was only like a, a teenager through high school, learning the uh, the ropes of the kitchen. Yeah, he used to come on shore. Got wheelbarrows here, you know. You need to get all these, um, you know, scaled, gutted, filleted. And I was on this bench, like, and he was teaching me, you know, like showing me a couple. And right, I mate, get into it. So I'd get into it and. There was a shelf just above my head, you know, and he used to walk past and do the old, um, the horse bite at the back of the knee. Yeah. And then, oh. you know, because you get a, a bit of a jump, of me head, bang, straight on the shelf, cut myself in the thumb, all sorts. Oh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was probably the worst with our fillet and fish. But, like, even oysters, shucking oysters, oh. um, you've got the, the, the oyster shucker, and if you don't have a detail, you don't do it nice and slow, mate, you just jab yourself. Yeah, like jab yourself straight in the hand. Every time. Some of the seafood crustaceans or whatever, they can be a bit daunting cutting them up. I know I was filleting a pretty big Jew once and uh, I cut myself between in the webbing of my thumb and my pointer finger and pretty much went right through. Now, they had to wait 24 hours before they could operate on that because I'd had too many frothies. So I'd suggest <laughs> not having not having too many cans before you grab a sharp knife and start cutting up fish. That's probably my tip. But uh, have you got oh, any mate. tips for anyone out there that are filleting a fish? You know that, that you know what is the best. Obviously, sharp knives, whatever. But being someone that's done a lot uh, of it, we used to um, use a sharp knife to get through the like the flesh, and then as you go over the rib cage sort of thing, we used to use a butter knife so you didn't cut through that rib cage, and just like follow the rib cage over with a butter knife. Wow! And just um, yeah, just long a long streak so you don't get that cut into the the flesh yep you know what i mean so it's just one big slice yeah just with a butter knife or anything like that yeah that's a good tip what about the uh yeah some of the gear that you're bringing out can you talk us through so we've been going since oh like myself started in 2018 and yep. now i've just got like uh collaboration stubby holders i've got caps beanies hoodies sleeveless hoodies long sleeve t-shirt singlet i want to bring out um like tracky pants it's just um, a massive range. And where can people get more information on all your products? Yeah, mate, definitely. So I've got uh, Facebook and Instagram. But I'm getting 
a lot of interaction just through the two socials. They recently started the TikTok. I mean, I don't do dances and things like that on on that, but yeah, just advertising business. Yeah, at Gastronom, C-O-Y-C. Uh, C-O-Y-C stands for uh, cooking on your clothes. So when you're cooking, you, you, you tend to get, you know, like some of you cooking on your clothes. So yeah. that's like the little slogan after, yeah. Mm. Well, there we go. Check it out. Uh, it's called Gastronom. C-O-Y-C, or you can Google Mad Mullet as well on uh, Instagram or Facebook. And before we let you go, Sean, have you ever been out on the water and something has gone a little bit pear-shaped for you? We've all done it at different times. Oh, I was hoping to get an invite from Spider to come up and uh, yeah, he can take me out. I've, mate, I've been out in the water maybe four times. I was going to yeah, say it mustn't be much if you're asking Spider to take you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you boys catch it and yeah, I'll cook it. Well, Herbie, we're catching up with a, uh, a listener who loves uh, the podcast. He's a Kiwi too, lives in New Zealand, down on the Coromandel. Hey, Baz. G'day. You know, New Zealand, it's known for, like, there's pretty harsh conditions, and you do hit it during the winter. Have you have you been out there kind of enjoying Has anything ever gone pear-shaped yeah. a little bit as, you, as you've been doing your fishing trips? Oh, yeah. Yeah, plenty of times. We uh, um, actually not that long ago, I got a mate that lives in the uh, in the Tweed, and in um, East Benora, and he came over and he wanted to go out for a fish. So I said, "Oh yeah, okay, we'll take you out for a fish out to the wreck." And um, that's where we, you know, we've been known to get a few nice snapper out there. And so we, I filled up the boat, and anyway, we trundled out there, and and his brother brought his boat out as well, and went out for a fish out there, and that was all good. We we're out there. 20 minutes and we there was quite a bit of current out there and we drifted and we drifted off it so we, you got to pull your anchor up and then go forward again and then anyway and his brother's boat they tried to pull the anchor up wouldn't come up he, he got electric winch on there too though. we're lazy pricks over here because it's like <laughs> it's, too, it's too cold to be swinging over the front of your boat pulling up 50 meters of rope so um anyway so he got his anchor stuck and he got the shift and so he he bailed and it was uh well this time it's night Night time and said, oh, yeah, no, nah, we'll do the same. We'll go with them. And so we went back. That was cool. A couple of nights later, I, I stored my boat at a, at a mate's place, but this particular time I left it down close to the boat wreck because we thought we'd go out the next night, and we didn't. But So we went out the following night, and we shot out, out towards the reef again. It was about 4.30 in the afternoon, and by this time it sort of gets dark about 5.30, and we're, we're coming out. The reef's about 10 k's out, I suppose, and it's, it's pitch black. Well, it's it's nice afternoon. We're heading out there. It's nice and bright. And then, blah, blah, blah. Oh, shit. Oh. What's going on here? And and I, so I run out of run out of fuel. Oh. You know, what the hell's the go with this? And because I put, I got a big, I got a 60, 70, 80 litre underfloor tank in my boat. And I'm making a 90 horse on the back of it. Yeah, and uh, someone had been in there. The bastards had pinched me being green out of there. And uh, <laughs> so I had to call a mate out there. So that cost me boxes of piss. For a long time, fisherman's <laughs> currency. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a hassle for him, but you know, lucky we got with good mates, and they uh, quite happily hop in his boat and bring in fifty liters to me and uh, chuck it in there. So we carried on fishing anyway, and then uh, lo and behold, we're out there, and okay, no, we didn't do that well, and uh, we got to pull the anchor up. The bloody anchor's stuck on the bottom, so now we. Tried and tried, couldn't get it off. Had to cut the anchor off, and <laughs> so she was a she was a fairly expensive trip. By the time you lose your anchor line, your your anchor, your chain, and then swivel. She's uh, yeah. But anyway, did you catch all, anything? 
Good riddance to you. Oh my God. Cost your beer. Uh, we got a couple of couple of dirty eels, that's all we got. That's all mm. it was and no mongrel things. You don't even want them in your boat because they just slimy pricks, so they just get the chop and they go back swimming with a bit of uh, facial jewellery, so you learn a lot from talking to guys like you, Baz. Like we've been speaking yeah. to a lot of people all over the world. Great to hear from you. The Coromandel snapper fisherman himself, Baz. You take it easy, stay safe out in the water, and check your benzina. We'll make sure you tune in next week. Uh, we're going to Florida Keys. Speaking to Tom Rowland over there, amazing part. Oh, man, big tarpon, all sorts of stuff. It's amazing. Listen, the, the way he got into it is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And also, Baz is going to join us. He's got another story, the Kiwi. Oh, he's a legend, this dude, isn't he? Make sure you download it, and uh, we'll see you next week. Over.